Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, we talk about how to sell your design, your services, and yourself to increase your profits. Yep, sales. Sales. Everyone wants to be a salesman, right? <laughs> yeah. You got into this business saying, I wish I could sell. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the truth. So if you if you thought that and you hated salespeople and you didn't want to work in sales, then I hate to break it to you, but you're never going to be a success as a designer. I don't care how good your mm-hmm. taste is. I don't care how beautiful or luxurious your rooms are that you create. At the end of the day, if you can't if you can't convince your clients of what your design is and what it looks like, then you're never going to make any money. And I always say, you know, it's really the heartbreaking part. And not even now that you've been designing long enough. I mean, the the real reward of this career isn't just creating the designs. The real reward is seeing their expression at the end and feeling like the love and the excitement and the praise that they give you for for yeah. doing that for them. Yeah, I, I will say, and even though we've kind of touched on this before, um, when you have really difficult clients, which you will have, <laughs> when you have clients that sometimes you're not really excited about, which you will have, clients <laughs> that are um, like a design that's challenging and difficult, it's the clients that are so moved by your design that really keep you going. Yeah. Like my favorite dream client. I just did her daughter's bedroom and she was just jumping up and down squealing. We posted that video. It's yeah, super yeah. creepy. Go look at the video. Is it on our Instagram? It is. It is. That, that yeah, was super what cute. A little was, girl coming in and seeing her room for the first time. It's yeah. beautiful. Now I'm doing the next two girls. But that's what really keeps you going when you have other clients. Well, that's the point though, right? You're doing their, their other two rooms for the kids. Does that include the son's room? So that's three with the sun. And then the loft, right? Because mm-hmm. they were so happy and excited. But if you if you couldn't have sold them your ideas at the beginning, you yeah. wouldn't have gotten any of this. Yeah. So I know you hate the thought of being a salesperson. So just stop thinking of it that way. I like to think of it as I'm a problem solver and um, I, I'm showing my clients how I'm solving their problems and creating this beautiful space for them. And it's in my brain. I can see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have the vision, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter how many renderings or it's still to get it across to your clients so they can see it. They don't dream in furniture like we do. Yeah, yeah. They don't look at furniture every day. They don't obsess about furniture and paint. And so to get them to see it the way you see it in your brain, that's all that sales, that, that's it. Mm-hmm. So there there are so many different techniques and people you can follow. And I actually love I personally love sales. I didn't know that I would, but it goes back to my very first job at JCPenney's when I was going through college and I worked there at Christmas and um, and every summer and they had this basic sales course and you learn the, you know, always ask open-ended questions, never ask yes and no questions. Ask things like, what project are you working on? You know, what does your space look like? You're not saying, do you need help? Mm-hmm. No yes or no questions, but that's simple, right? But what I realized when I finally moved up to the jewelry department, Mm -hmm. um, when I would help someone find like an engagement ring or a present for someone, I literally would tear up. I would get so excited and so happy that I helped them and so happy that I I was able to make them happy and find something that was so special. And it, it, that's where I learned that that's the part I love. That's that warmth in my heart that I get all excited. 
And so when I started designing and working in my first store, I realized the same thing. It's just a bigger scale. And you think about your selling as, again, that problem solving and, you know, how you're going to make their life better. And then you explain it really well to them. So that's the gist of it, right? That's the mm-hmm. basics of sales. And there are tons of techniques. I mean, my course is an entire course, like like one video that's an hour and something that's just for sales. And you're the queen of sales. Well, I again, I love it. Mm-hmm. There was one bad uh, side note, but on the same topic. I was coaching a, a store in Southern California and um, I had been there twice, two different times to go work with them. And I was there a couple weeks each time. And uh, I think the second time I was there like six weeks, seven weeks. And so I was really involved in the the store. I was really involved with the designers and the owner. And then I knew what the problem was. I mean, the problem came down to the owner, just not understanding our industry. But the designers, I was always getting them to increase their sales, increase their numbers. And just by teaching them the way I teach, right? Just be yourself, be honest, be open, be, but wanting to help. How, you know, how can you solve the problems? And I, and I go through my whole training with them and um, the store, it was a franchise. So there were a bunch of them. And I know that that store had been struggling for so long and they had a pretty bad reputation in the town. And so I started Googling like reviews of the store and different comments they made. And I got down this rabbit hole talking about the designers there. And they were people who had worked there or people who knew of the designers there. And they were bad mouthing as people do on the internet. And it said... Apparently, they have this new um, trainer that's there working with all the designers. And I've heard about her. Uh, she just smiles her way up to the cash register and, and people buy everything. And I thought, they're trying to burn me with that? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I took it as a great compliment. Thank you. You mean I'm so happy and nice that people yeah. buy stuff from me? Yeah. That's the point. I mean, that's... That's what sales can be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this pushy or forcing. I never talk someone into something that they shouldn't have, that that isn't right for them, that's too expensive, that I never – because I can't sleep at night. Yeah, I'm a good person. I want to be a good person. So I like to think of it again, solving problems. Um, when you think of that typical sales as like pushing, I think of it more as – this is something that I know they want. They just can't picture it yet. This is something I know that that fits in their budget, that fits in their time frame. It's, it's all their criteria. I know that when they see it and they feel it and it's in their home, they're going to love it. It's just how do I get that across to them? So it's not pushy. It's it's a way to present it. So there's tons of techniques. Um, and I'll give you some of the, the basics, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Go ahead. Yeah, I will say that I think the biggest thing I have ever learned from taking this job and becoming an interior designer was how much sales is involved in this career. I just was shocked. I remember the first couple of weeks you had me going up and I was like, oh my God, I hate this. I hate talking to people. I hate having to go sell myself. But honestly, what good is your design if they don't want to buy it? Like I was mind blown. That's what truly makes you successful. That's what sets you apart is how you sell yourself. It really is. Exactly. And being alongside you for the past year and a half, I really see the things that you say and how you work honestly works. And so sometimes you'll say something and I'm like, damn, can you just take the whole thing from here? Because I'm just like, I would have never thought of that. Oh my God, that's so great. Or you're like, go write an email. Like, look at you. You, you, you worded so much better. And like, 
the way your techniques are, I'm just like, oh my God, I got to take notes on this. So it really works, you know? But again, it, it, my best advice is speak from the heart. Uh, I went and heard someone speak, Tom Hopkins, Zig Ziglar. These are big, famous sales gurus, right? They teach sales. This is their whole bread and butter. And I was listening to Tom Hopkins once at a seminar and the things that really jumped out at me that I use every day now. It's, for instance, asking your clients, they're sitting down with you, you finally, you know, looking at eye, and you want to take notes, but ask them if you can take notes. Do you mind if I take some notes? I want to make sure that I get everything down that you say. So A, you're not going to forget stuff because we always forget things, right? You're always going to forget some detail or shoot, yep. I forgot they said. Pictures. They have a dog. They for, you know, forgot they said they hate blue. So taking notes is always smart. But subconsciously, it's telling the client, I value you so much and I respect you and I want to make you happy. I want to give you what you want and solve your problems. And I respect you enough to ask, is it okay if I take notes? It seems like a little thing, but it means so much. Mirroring or kind of reflecting back the way people talk or things that they say. So if someone's talking about how they're really, really frustrated. They just hate their room. They hate the way it functions. They hate – you repeat back a couple sentences later, right? Not right off the bat. You're not trying to be, you know, minor bird or crappy exactly. But you say things like, gosh, you know, I'm really sad that you hate your space. It's, that's too bad. Like, let's create a place that's really functional that you're going to love. But there they're hearing, okay, she heard me. She's listening. She's paying attention. Because there are more designers, I'm telling you, because I hear the clients that hire me after firing them. And they say, you listened to me. You cared. You you want this to be my space. But it's it's little things, right? And I do care. But that's how I show them that I care. So then getting down to the sales part of it, like let's say you've, you've come up with your design and you're walking them through. Again, this is where your notes come in. Because I've taken notes about their, you know, maybe their spouse's name or their kids' names or um, and little notes that say that they've said, like, oh, I love to read or I love watching Downton Abbey, something like that. And I'll repeat it back in the presentation. You know, Martha, isn't this chair amazing? It's so comfortable. It's right by the fireplace. So every time you watch Downton Abbey, you can sit there and have your tea and you, you're painting the picture. But see how that puts it in their brain. They can see what you have imagined. It isn't a picture from a catalog. It isn't just a rendering. But you're painting that picture. That's all sales. It's showing people how you're solving their problems. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like listening so intently myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I preach this to you every day. Yeah. Um, some of my other favorite sales techniques. Understanding that the reason people don't buy. Like if you if you want to understand how to get people to buy, you need to understand why they don't buy. And the number one thing is fear. It's It, it always comes down to fear. I mean, think about anytime you've gone in and you've wanted to buy something big. Because we're not talking about 20 bucks or 30 bucks, right? We're talking about 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. These are big chunks of money. So when was the last time you had to buy something expensive? It was probably a car. You know, maybe even a piece of clothing that's really expensive. What goes through your mind? Okay, do I really need this? Is my husband going to be mad? Can I afford it? Should I save it? Should I wait for Chris? I mean, there's so many things that go through your head, but those are all fear. 
right? It's uncertainty. It's unknowing. It's fear. Well, imagine doing your house. I mean, my gosh, people, we, we are coming into someone's house saying, my taste is better than yours. I know better than you. I'm going to, to design your home the way you couldn't do it. That's a lot for someone to take in on top of, oh crap, this is a lot of money. This is more money than I've spent since I bought the house. I've only seen a picture from a catalog. I'm trusting Chelsea that it's going to be comfortable. It all comes down to fear. So when you know that, you're a little more understanding, a little more empathetic. As I'm walking through my presentations, I always watch body language because that's where you really, you definitely see fear, right? Are people sitting back in their chair? Are they crossing their arms? Are they looking worried? You know, do they have that furrow in their brow? Those are things you need to pick up on because you've, you've hit a nerve. You've touched on something. So at that point, I stop or I pause, back up a little. You don't even have to say it. You don't have to say, oh, you look worried. I naturally back up a little and talk more about it or go into depth more about the comfort or I go into depth about how it it's going to tie the whole room together. But just those subconscious little subtle things that people do naturally play into sales. And maybe that's why you say, like when you see me, do things you hadn't thought of it yet, but, but you're not, you, you haven't learned to watch yet mm-hmm. to really pay attention to be, you know, connected with the client because everything they're doing is telling you something about them, mm-hmm. right? It's telling about the budget. Do they think it's too expensive? Are they worried someone's not going to like it? But, but you can sense it. You can feel it. You can see it in their, their face. But it's also just kind of knowing, um, each client and what kind of ticks for them, mm-hmm. um, not to judge them, but to see where they spend their money. If I'm coming into someone's home, I notice what oh, kind yeah. of cars they drive, what kind of coat she has on, what kind of purse, her jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, even again, you can have a Columbia jacket or you can have a Patagonia jacket. Columbia is still great, but Patagonia is a little bit more high end and we're in the Pacific Northwest. That already shows me something as well. There's different little triggers for everyone. And as you were kind of talking, it kind of got me thinking about shopping mm-hmm. and how if I know like I want a black wool coat, but I, obviously I don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars, but if I see it and it's good quality, it's on sale, I'm going to snatch it because of that uh-huh. quality. But again, yes. that's the way my mind works. And in case you didn't there. hear that other podcast episode with my husband's car, he had spent more than we had agreed on when he came home with his truck. And I, he said, well, it was because I got the towing package. And I thought, we don't tow. <laughs> what do we need a package? And it turns out it was an, it was an improved transmission. It was different seats. It was everything else. That made sense to me. So yeah, knowing, and that's kind of, we talk about in the first house call, right? That's pre-qualifying people and, and are they a label person? Are they a quality person? Are they a time frame person? Are, you know, what makes them tick? But all of that should already be in your head mm-hmm. when you're going to go sell to them. But those are the things that you use. So it's, it's again, if you, you're talking about a piece and maybe you've mentioned a price or Maybe you have, but you see, you see them kind of shift or look, hmm, it's kind of what they're looking like or, you know, their, their brow wrinkles. Again, you don't even have to draw attention to that, but understand if you know that person is a quality person, then you should start talking more about the quality. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm talking about that chair and it's sitting next to the fireplace and she gets to watch Downton Abbey, but she pulls back and I know she's a quality person, I'll say, now this company, 
They bench make their furniture. It's a company that's been around for a hundred years. So it's really well made. They take this very seriously. You know, the, the density of the foam is 1.8 you know, density or, you know, whatever it is that's, that you know she'll care about. It could be the fiber content of the fabric. If it's someone that likes luxurious things, you could talk about, you know, that this, um, this, this textile is imported <laughs> from Italy or it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it, the fiber content is wool and, but you've got to know your clients so well that you can do that. And again, you don't want to feel like a salesperson, but these are just tools that you use so that you get to the end mm-hmm. so that your client gets to live in your design and they're happy with their design because you've taken so much care to create it for them and you've thought about them so much. I mean, at the end of the day, you want them to be happy. You want mm-hmm. it to be beautiful and you want them to tell their friends and then have you do all the rest of the roots. Yeah. A couple of questions were um, how it applies to us on the daily in terms of you always mention time kills deals and, and you'll get into oh, it. Um, yeah. Closing always, assuming the sale, mm-hmm. never letting them walk, obviously with the design mm-hmm. or when on your touch base appointment, not the touch base, like the final appointment. Okay. We're going to go ahead and start this process. Mm-hmm. All these tips to um, really close it. Because yes, that's great. What you're saying is wonderful. But then you're like, oh shoot, how yeah, do I actually what? execute it? The yeah. execution process. Talk about that. Yes. The best thing, and this is again, old sales 101 is ABC, always be closing. And essentially it's, if you've given this whole presentation, you're working with your client and you've gotten them to say yes all the way through, then why would they say no at the end? If you've gotten to a yes through every item you've shown them, through the floor plan, through the the money, through everything. Why would they say no? If they said no at the end, you need to go back and address the issues again and ask them. So I thought you loved everything. You know, what did I miss? And, and you stop right there and you ask it, you address it. And you're right, time kills deals. And the easiest way to, to think about that is all of us do that. You can have... Um, like it said, you're looking for a coat and you've gone, you shop everywhere. You've done your research online and you find one and it's the right price and it's the right, why aren't you going to buy it? If you don't buy it, there's something wrong. So what was it that held you back? So if, as you're going through the presentation, um, I'll say like, it, it, I, I never say, look at this rug. Uh, what do you think of it? Or do you like this rug? Don't you like this rug? Because you're giving that power to them and you're telling them they, um, they have a choice as to which rug you choose when you're the designer and you're presenting it to them, this design you've worked really hard on. So it's better to say, look at this rug. Isn't it great? Isn't it beautiful? It's the right fiber content. It's going to hold up your kids, your dogs. It fits the whole space. It's going to you know, tie your, your conversation group together. So you've told them that, that this is the rug. And then say, don't you love it? Yeah, 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 I love it. But if they say no, well, now is the time. Fix it right now. Well, are you sure it's not too big? Or are you sure my kids aren't going to ruin it? Are you... And then address it right then until you get the yes. Keep talking about it until you get the yes. If you can't get to a yes right then in your presentation, you pull it out and say, you know what? We're going to put this in the back burner because the whole rest of the room is great and I know I can find you the right rock. So let's move forward. You move to the next thing. Now, if you get the no's on everything, you got to go back to the, 
<laughs> you didn't qualify the client good enough. There's a big problem somewhere. But as you're going through, you get these little yeses. So when you get to the end, it should be, all right, great. This is how much I owe. You, you owe today. Write me a check for you know $20,000 and let's move forward. I'm so excited. But you're right. You have to be pre-selling all the way through. These are big decisions and they're deciding a lot of stuff. So it's never more important than, than during this, that ABC always be closing. You're closing each little item one at a time. Mm -hmm. And then what was the second question? <laughs> um, about technique and really asking for the, the sale at the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the little tests we do when we, um, when we hire people here, it's like they can present something to me or when they take the certification course. And at the end, they do a mock um, client presentation for me. And at the end, I wait and I'm quiet and I've given them the yeses all the way through. And then I just sit. <laughs> They'd better say, all right, wonderful. All right. So this is how much you owe. Uh, I'll take a check today and then I'll start the ordering process. We'll get, if they don't do that part of it, Again, they're never going to see their designs come to life and the timing thing. So if you get to that end, you don't ask for the close. 50% of the time, I bet you they'll say, okay, well, let me think about it. I'm going to show my husband. That's the worst. <sighs> and when you say, okay, well, how about I do a presentation for you and him? Mm -hmm. Oh, he doesn't really care. He's not, he's not really going to be a part of it. Okay. Well, you're not going to show my design to him without me being there. Well, but you know. so you... Kindly explain, but you know what? There's so many details and I really want to make sure that I can answer questions for him. So I'll just come back. When is he going to be here? Let me just, cause I'm really, I want to make sure that I'm here to explain everything. What are they going to say? You know, no, if, if they don't let you, then there's a bigger problem. But if you give them that time, it's just like anything. <laughs> that's where I was going. It's just like anything that you've put your mind to that you've gone on searching if you don't buy it then, what are the chances you're going to buy it tomorrow? With me, always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you're, you have a problem. Yeah, I'm quite special. We talk about that all the time. But if you give people time, life happens. Something else will come up. It becomes back burner. And, and it's not as fresh in their mind. And they don't remember the little yeses. And they don't remember the excitement. And they don't remember the way you've described it. The husband could come home and say, I want to buy a boat or we're going on vacation or, so if you give them that time, it's going to kill the deal. It even comes with when you're scheduling your presentations. I always get on you guys, your touch base appointment needs to be two days tops from when you went on the house call. I don't care how big the house is. You need to get them back in so that you can keep connecting so that you can get them really involved, really like they're in it. They know how hard you're working. They see it. They want to be involved. And you've got that excitement built. I know you're not going to have the whole design ready. That's fine. That's okay. This is part of the process. Get them back in quickly so that they don't forget. It's still fresh on their mind. Oh, I'm waiting for Nadia. She, you know, I had my touch base appointment. It's so exciting. And then she's going to you know, show me the presentation. It's still fresh. Anytime you wait. Uh, for me, <laughs> if I don't buy something at the store... I probably won't buy it, period. I'll forget I even needed it or wanted it, but that's just the way I am. So time does kill deals. It's got to be faster because life gets in the way. Yeah. All right. Especially these days, you never know what's going to happen. Huh. No. Sales, sales is one of those things that it scares you at the, the beginning 
you think, oh, I don't want to be a salesperson. But once you learn these little techniques and tricks, and once you flip your mindset as to why you're selling, yeah, then you start to make more money. This is an actual career, not a hobby. You get to see your clients face light up when they get to see their beautiful design. I mean, all of those things that I always talk about, like that's the magic of being a designer. That's why you want to be a designer. Trust me, you don't know this yet. You haven't had that experience yet. You've never seen something you imagined come to life in in someone's home. It's such an amazing feeling. And if you don't learn to sell, you'll never get to that point. So I feel like it's my obligation to teach you to sell. Anything I can do to teach you to sell so that you get to that point, get people past their fear, past money objections. That's why we talk about budget and all that kind of stuff. I want to get you guys to that place where you get to see your designs. Then you'll love being a designer and all the rest of the headaches are worth it. That's, yeah. like you said, that's, you didn't know how great being a designer was until you started to see your designs come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before that, it's just play. Yeah, another kind of thing with the um, time kills deal. The time kills deals was I had a client. Um, I had called him like, okay, there's this bedding. Or it's like the vision I have. There's one left in the entire vendor. Yeah. We have to place it like by tonight. They ended up like um, stopping dinner, running up and paying. They were like, right down the street, and she kind of mentioned, oh well, sh- should I just pay for the rest of the, the bedroom? And in that moment, because it was just so quick, it was literally like six fifty five. And I should have said yes, but I was like, you know what? Like, we'll, we'll take care of it next week. We still have a couple of things to, um, uh, like a couple of kings to work out, especially with some wallpaper decisions. And then the like big fiasco happened, blah, 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 but that didn't work. And so I just should have taken it in that moment. And a couple other clients were, the one I kind of closed in the beginning of the month was, we still haven't had the uh, whole design um, like locked in on. And it was just really difficult to gauge. They've been just kind of all over the mess. They're like, okay, well, we really like these four pieces. Should we order it now? But I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll just kind of put a s- sticker on it and we'll we'll come back next week because I had no idea what was even happening with the design. But then the chair they wanted had sold off the floor and a couple other things. But in hindsight, I just should have said yes. Yep. Always, always say yes. Well, yeah. even, even if it's one piece and you don't know your design, take it. And that's yeah, I've been not, learning that over yeah. and over. You're not trying to be pushy. You're not forcing them to buy something they don't want or they can't afford. They loved the chair. Yeah, they loved it. They would have they would have bought it there. Uh, yeah. Again. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, you know what? This is just the touch base. We didn't get to the final one yet. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm I'm still trying to gauge them. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just as I look back, um, and I've had so many clients steal my ideas or walk away or just clients have been blindsided. And so I always just step back and see what I'm doing wrong. Because in mm-hmm. the moment, um, you're just trying to gauge them, things that are in stock, their budget, the style, the design, mm-hmm. um, just keeping everything in check. Um, I'm looking back on many clients and realizing where I was wrong mm-hmm. and where I could have been better and done differently to close that sale. But at this yeah. point, all you can do is just like learn from it. But there's definitely so many little details along the way that make it or break it. Yeah, and again, it really isn't about the sale. It's not like you making money. I mean, obviously, as an independent yeah. designer making money, <laughs> it's very helpful. But that's not what it was about. Yeah. But I think one of the things I've learned and I'm learning is to be really confident at the end and taking that money yes. in my design, in what I bring to the table, yes. um, in closing it timely, and not letting them go home or linger, um, mm-hmm. and just really upselling it. And we always say product knowledge, but sometimes I'll go back and I'm just, as you were talking, thinking about my current client, I'm like, shoot, I'm just showing that desk because I love it. Aesthetically, mm-hmm. it's dope. 
okay, it's metal and it has a marble top and it's different. But then at the same time, it's like, what is it? Like, what is that product knowledge behind it that makes it so spectacular to uh-huh. make the client love it and make the jump? Yeah. Or even you keep mentioning the rug pile. Yeah, like there's certain things I know about rugs, but not specifically when I'm really honing in on it. And so um, I'm just really, really learning that that's a huge, huge sell, especially when I'm so personally into quality and into mm-hmm. um, when I buy clothes that oh, when, yeah. when you tell that to a client or just the details, I'm severely like attention to detail. And that's what makes the biggest spark in your design. And at the same time, just having the confidence to close that. But I've learned a lot from you in terms of sales, but Yay. it's pretty much all sales. It is. I mean, yeah, you, you, you're born with the natural design yeah, talent. Which is a great um, life skill. Yeah. And so. Yeah, for sure. Very important life skill, sales. Yeah. No, it helps me. That's why I've had a happy marriage for 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> I sell all sorts of stuff to my husband. <laughs> exactly it is it, it is it, it's getting people to do what you know is right for them anyways yeah, it's yeah. you know it's 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 the right thing to do it's what they're gonna love i mean that and that's something else too with sales and interior design people that worry about it it's not like you know a car or something in the store where they're gonna buy it and leave and you'll never see them again yeah you're going to see these people. You're going to be in the home putting the piece in their house. You're going to be there next week. You're going to be, they know you so well that you you can't sell things that you don't like or that you don't trust or believe in because you're going to have to face them. It isn't like anywhere else. You know, if you go back to Nordstrom's, you're not going to talk to the same salesperson and say, well, this was crappy quality. You sold me. But here, yeah, they will. They trust mm-hmm. you. So you have to believe in your products and then you have to sell it, right? I mean, that, that is it at the end of the day. And that makes you a happy designer. Yeah. And so if you're wondering, why, why am I not making enough money or what am I doing wrong? You gotta, <laughs> work on your sales. Yeah. Work on the sales and see what are, what are you doing wrong or what are you not doing? Yep. And how, how are your sales skills? Yep. Exactly. Listen to your clients. Yeah. Make them happy. Solve problems. And the world will be a better place. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Happy design. Happy design. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, and soon you will find us on YouTube where we will upload podcast videos. So stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and house at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.